0: thought we'd start the show off like that birdland bs check it out
1: Everybody. welcome to Birdland BS. This is Ryan Hewitt here with my co-host, as always, Fred Donahue. Man, I'm struggling with that, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess after I got, 15 years. 15 yeah, years, like- you know, I'm just, I'm just losing my mind, you know? I'm flopping words Jesus. around and everything. Jeez, it was... Um, you know, <laughs> episode 24, it's Wednesday night, and it's dark already, and it's uh, November 8th. How do you feel about this daylight saving and the fall weather and and just it's dark at five o'clock? I, I mean, hate it. I, feel I hate like it every year. I'm surprised by it. Like it, it, it's it's something new, and I'm just like, why haven't I gotten used to this yet? It's just the worst time of year. I know
0: every year you know it's coming, but you know it sucks. You you go into work, it's dark. You leave work, <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. It's like until the weekend, you don't ever see the, the you know, the daylight. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I love this weather. I like, cause we've got our windows, you know, open for the cool breeze to come through. I love this weather, but uh, could definitely do with uh, some more daylight in the day. Yeah. My son just
1: started realizing what's happening with the whole, it gets uh, really? dark early. He's like, why is it dark? You know, he's like. <laughs>
0: He's like bitter he's about it. He's got a it. sense of time now. He's starting yeah, to figure he, it out. He's
1: like, Uh it's dark. I wanna play. I'm like, Yeah, that's that's out the window. <laughs> like, you're not going outside. <laughs> Your curfew has changed, my son. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little bitter about it. Um I'm sure. But yeah, it's miserable. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's been a rough week, um so far. I mean oh, I'm off, um and it's pretty much rained every day or been wet yeah it's been pretty dreary um and then it's dark so right (laughs) there's that uh so i've taken some naps and uh i did get the halloween decorations down but nothing too spectacular on my end uh a couple black friday early deals and that's really it you know taking it yeah
0: it's uh it's been an interesting week on my end i uh as you know, uh, decided to make a, a career change and staying in the, well, staying in the same career, just going with a different company, and put in my two weeks notice and was escorted out of the building. So, That'd I've had good. a little bit of time to myself, which uh, which has been nice. And in that time, I decided my wife and I decided to join Gina and Nicky on the uh, the Weight Watchers journey, uh, as both of us could you shedding a few pounds here there and we just had our uh our first week weigh in yesterday and and i'm happy to say i was down eight and a half pounds in a week it's a pretty big accomplishment Uh, i've (laughs) never lost that much weight that fast but you know they they uh they make the program pretty easy to follow they make it um reasonable you know you don't have to Cut out everything that you used to eat. You just got to eat things in, in moderation and be smarter about things and make some smarter choices. The biggest thing for me, obviously, like I've told you a hundred times, you know, anytime we've talked about losing weight or going on a diet has always been soda and sweet drinks for me. It's yeah, something I've done my entire life. So that's, that's probably my biggest vice. And it's just yeah. I love
1: soda. And it's like, yeah, don't take, don't take away the one thing I really do love. You know, I don't do. A lot of drinking, as you know, you know I don't do any, right. any other extracurriculars um, outside of that. So I'm always like, you can't take coke. from But well, what you. I
0: did was I, <laughs> I found I found a couple of diet sodas that I can that I can stand. Like diet root beer doesn't taste much different than regular root beer, so I'm okay with that. Um, uh, what's it called? Canada Dry, the ginger ale company. They came out with like a, or they came out, but they have a. Uh, Diet Cranberry Ginger Ale, which is pretty good. Same thing with Sprite; they've got their Sprite Zero Cranberry, which is pretty good. So, like, if I want a soda, those are what I go to now to satisfy that craving. But I've been drinking a lot of that Crystal Light type stuff, so it's still I'm still getting the the sweetness, but I'm going on the fake sugar side, which they say isn't good for your health either. But you know what do you what are you supposed to do? It's either that or just drink straight water all the time, and I'm not a a water drinker, as you know, yeah, you're, you're not trying ready for to that. get no that'll be the that'll be the next when we get down closer to our goal weights and stuff like that, and it starts getting harder because the points that they give you start getting smaller and smaller. Those might be some adjustments that I make, but right now just cutting out all that caffeine and sugar I've had some headaches from it I'm not gonna lie it's 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 tough it's like a withdrawal on your system almost like a like a drug withdrawal because you know your body I for 30 some years that's all I've had is soda and sweet drinks you know I I know nothing different than that so my body has had this steady stream of sugar and caffeine being dumped into it and then all of a sudden cut turkey you know cold turkey um none it's it's been a little bit of an adjustment but i made it through week 1 which they say is the hardest week to make through um halfway through week 2 now so just stay trucking, just just stay man. with it and keep going man it's it's uh i'm looking forward to the weight loss it's uh yeah i already feel better mentally and i don't feel i can't see the weight loss but i don't feel bloated anymore i don't feel like that yeah. yeah, that uncomfortableness sometimes when you eat food, you know, you're that you get not. or whatever. Yeah, you I don't, don't not feel
1: that shitting after every meal either, you know. No,
0: no. <laughs> and that's it's it's been great. So yeah. so far so good with that. So those it's been a it's been a crazy whirlwind week, you know, with the job and that and and everything. But uh it's been nice having this time off too, as you said, taking naps when I want to take a damn nap and <laughs> Sleeping in as long as I want to sleep in. I know you got a lot more responsibility than I do with the kid and everything, but um, yeah, it's been it's been nice getting this little bit of a break.
1: Yeah, all his babysitters are on vacation this week, and that's mainly why we're off too. So we're pretty much we got him all week. So right, that's fun. But yeah, yeah, other than that, other than that, we don't have much. There's not much. I mean, he's in the mix,
0: so it's nothing. Nothing too too crazy right he's just there with us do uh do you do anything for the ravens game this week to go anywhere did you just watch it at home what'd you do um we watched it at home uh
1: i don't i don't make i like to put a DiGiorno in the oven and (laughs) (laughs) i just i just stay home i i I just like i've said before you go to the games i'm like i'd rather just watch it on hd tv and and Taken in in the comfort of my home, so yeah. nothing, nothing special. And like we said before, I'm I'm all but giving up on the season for those guys. So I'm not I'm not going to go out of my way to do anything special unless Fred invites me over or something. It's really <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I did the same. Stayed home with the wife and and watched the game. And um, it, it's it, it's exactly what we said to you know last week. Don't get too excited with this team. You know, we won 40 to nothing, but we saw that before with the Raiders when we had that big win, and then they took two steps back. It, it, it was same story, different day uh, as the Ravens lose to the Titans 23 to 20 in Tennessee. Uh, you and I both predict, you know, a loss, and, and unfortunately we were right. Um, look, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that uh, that went wrong in that game and it starts with Flacco and I'm not going to put all the blame on Flacco because Flacco made a few really good passes that ended up in big drops by no other than Brashad Perryman I mean he must have the worst hands I've ever seen in the NFL for a wide receiver uh, he had two big drops in the first half he, he can't high point a ball. The ball that, you know, that Flacco threw to him in the first half was 45, 50 yards down the field. Clearly, when you go back and watch, it should have been a catch. And if all he had to do was extend his arms up in the air and go and actually high point the ball, and he would have had it no problems. Um, but he just doesn't have the ability to do that. He lets the ball come to him and hit him in the chest. Uh, instead of catching it with his hands and, and it's frustrating to watch you know this is again your one of your first round draft picks that's a wide receiver that's yet again another bust um and, and Flacco, you know he historically anytime they ask him to throw the ball 50 or more times he's he's been terrible um, I went back and looked through the records actually he's three and ten in his career anytime he's thrown over 50 passes in a game wow yeah it's a pretty pretty eye-opening uh, statistic yeah. his sweet point is somewhere between 25 and 35 passes a game that's when the Ravens have the most success but that's also when the ground game's working for him and yeah. Alex Collins just couldn't get going this week no i
1: I was I pulled it up and I got it written down here and uh I didn't realize he threw it that much and um I didn't realize he threw it that much and then I looked at the run game and I saw um you know Alex Collins only had the ball he only had thirteen carries um right and the and the game was closer it, it wasn't like we got blown out, so I don't know. Like you said, they just couldn't get the run game
0: going. The score was closer than what that game really portrayed. You twenty three to twenty, yes, it was close, yeah. but eh, those those last you know couple of points that we got and and touchdown that we got. There's a couple of ways that I feel about that. One, Flacco does better, I think, in the no huddle offense, and they don't use it enough. Yeah. And that's what they went to. Once their backs were against the wall, they went to that no huddle offense. And Flacco seems to excel in that. I don't know if it's because he doesn't have enough time to like get in his head and really think about things. He just kind of moves and reacts. And he, whatever it is, I could care less what the reasoning behind it is. He just does better. And that's something that I'd like to see them go do more, you know, why do we have to wait until our backs against the wall to, to do something like that? Come out the game doing no huddle. You know what I mean? If if, if you know your quarterback performs better that way, play to his strengths, you know, and, and it's frustrating that they don't do that. I mean, the first half, honestly, I mean, yes, Flacco had a lot of throws, but the best throw was thrown by your fucking punter. Uh, you know, it's Sam Koch on, on on a fourth down. I mean, he threw a perfect timing route to, to Chris Moore to extend that drive. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. This team is what it is at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, Harbaugh keeps talking about all this. Oh, you know, I see the direction that the offense is going, and I understand the identity of this team, and I understand the identity of the offense, and blah, 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 blah. I You know, stop saying all the right things, stop blowing smoke up our asses. We're not stupid as fans. I mean, we can see the product is just a shit product. And, I, you know, as much as you want to polish a turd, it's still a turd at the end of the day, you know? And yeah. I, I, there was just so many things in this game, so many drives that uh, just could have, You know, could have put us over the top. We didn't, I mean, obviously, look at the score 23 20. Like you said, we didn't need much more to break our way. Perryman comes up with one of the three drops that he has, and the game could change. You know,
1: it's the one he was just outside of the end zone, wasn't he? He, Yeah. yeah, I mean, the way that ball it, it bounced off his hands, I thought it hit him in the helmet at first, but, um, Yeah, that's all you need. Just one or two plays here or there. The guys who are supposed to make the plays actually do, and that game is a completely different ballgame.
0: Exactly. And then, you know, later on in the game, you've got your second-round pick out there. What's his name? Uh, Tyrus Tyrus Bowser. He had the illegal formation, which nullified a beautiful 57-yard punt by Koch it's and covered perfectly by Chris Moore. Chris Moore got down there, didn't let the guy move an inch and tackled him. And then that gets called back on a penalty. And instead you get hit with the penalty and then Koch shanks a 17-yard punt that turns into a touchdown for the Titans. There's another play right there. I mean, if if the guy's lined up in the position he's supposed to be in and there's no illegal formation, the ball's on the other side of the field And, you know, the the Titans hadn't been driving really all game. But, no, you give them a short field, and, of course, they're going to end up getting some sort of points out of that and just so happen that they got a touchdown. So those are the types of things that, unfortunately, just aren't falling the Ravens' way. And and, and I don't think that that's a luck thing. I think that's a preparation thing. I think that's a talent thing, and it's a coaching thing. Um, Yeah, it's just – It's frustrating. It's really frustrating to watch. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I've always felt that, you know, we go into these games, and I've always felt like you talk about being prepared and preparation. You know, I feel like the Ravens think some of these games are going to be a cakewalk. That's almost the impression. Like, hey, they went into this game thinking it was going to be an easy game, and then they'd lose. And I'm like, my feeling has been that a lot with this team um, through the last couple years where it's like, or did they even think this was going to be a game today? Did they like show up, or did they think, oh, this is, this is the Cleveland Browns or whoever it is, it, this is a guaranteed win, and then they get their asses handed to them? So I don't know. Right. That's definitely. I think it's definitely a, it, it, a, coaching issue. Um, from from my viewpoint, I don't know. I'm not a professional, but that's just how I, I've always yeah, got I mean, that feeling,
0: that. It's almost like head. they play this. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's going in and going out on me too. Um, <laughs> Sorry folks. Sorry. <laughs> but it's almost like they, they, they play this cautious football game uh, when they first come out because the score's nothing to nothing. And let's not do anything too risky. That's going to put us in a bad position. So they play this safe football and they all they do is try to like stay within striking distance and you know within a possession or two and then once they get beyond the possession or two if if you know if a team jumps out on them then they play aggressive football or then they play the you know like i said the no huddle that type of thing and then that's when you see them start to play well it's just most of the time it's too little too late and unless the defense or the special teams does something spectacular on their end, you know, then the, the offense is just out there playing very cautious football. And that doesn't win you games. You can't play that way. This defense isn't the 2000 defense. I don't care how many people, you know, how much people wanted to hype this team going into the year. It's week 10. We should, you should be able to figure out this defense. Isn't that kind of a defense anymore? So, Keep them rested. Keep them off the field. Extend drives. Take chances, and when the chances are there, fucking catch the football. Catch the goddamn football. <laughs> I'm gonna go into a rant here, and Ryan, go, you go can, on,
1: I'm grinning. You can
0: chime in and and comment. Uh, I I put a poll up this week on Facebook and I think Twitter um, about biggest busts um, that the Ravens have had. Over 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 the years. And there's been an alarming amount of first round busts. And this kind of goes back to the conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago about Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta and the front office. There's first round draft picks, right? First round draft picks at a bare minimum need to be everyday starters. You have a chance at drafting, no matter where you are in the draft, one of the top 32 college football players coming out that year. They need to turn into, at the very minimum with a first-round pick, an everyday starter. That's, that's kind of borderline whether you say somebody had a good draft or not, if they drafted somebody who's an everyday starter. First round draft picks are where you find your pro bowlers, where you find your rookies of the year and your defensive players of the year. And your are you know, sometimes in the top tiers of the draft, you find your hall of famers. If you're, you know, if you're that lucky to be up there and you're that good at doing what you do. I get that, you know, there's sometimes players that fall to the later rounds that end up being Much better than they projected out to Tom Brady. Obviously, he's a seventh-round draft pick that ended up being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I get that. But I'm just saying statistically, at worst, they need to be everyday starters. So, with Ozzie Newsome, there's obviously a problem with the way that they draft wide receivers. They've drafted three wide receivers in the third in the first round since they've been here in 96 they drafted Travis Taylor back in 2000 he was the tenth overall pick in the draft total bust i mean, Yes, he was an everyday player for us here for a few years ago, you know, for a few years and that was because we had no other players to go to and he was a first round pick. You got to put him out on the you got to put him out on the field, make him produce, but he was terrible. That's one. Second one, Mark Clayton. Mark Clayton was I think the 22nd yeah, 22nd overall pick back in 2005. Another yeah, he was an everyday starter for us, but if he'd have been on another team, he would have never been an everyday starter. He had kind of a longer career. He did he did extend it with the Rams for a few years and he battled injuries his whole his whole career. Had a couple of decent seasons with this. But again, as a first round pick, that's that's not acceptable as a first round pick. That year, just to, just to just to note, because I could do this on every year of the draft. But that year, just to note, Mark Clayton was the 22nd overall pick. Aaron Rodgers was two picks later. Oh, Roddy wow. White, Roddy White, who had a pretty good year, a pretty good career in Atlanta, was five yeah. picks later. What's that?
1: Yeah, Roddy White was pretty good there for a while.
0: Yeah, and then Logan Mankins, a perennial Pro Bowler guard, who who's still playing in the league for for you know was with the Patriots. There's there's just so many – you can do that with a lot of drafts. You could do that with a lot of teams. But that, that's that's number two. You're and then number insane. three. Go ahead. Number three, obviously, we all know, Brashad Perryman. Terrible. I mean, we can officially label this guy a bust. Uh, I, I, we've been making excuses for him. He was hurt his first year. Last year, you know, he was trying to get acclimated to the NFL. Whatever. You can make all the excuses. If you can't catch the goddamn football, you shouldn't have been a first round pick. There are as a as an as an NFL wide receiver, if you are even considering drafting a wide receiver, you need to be able to at the very minimum run crisp routes, know the route tree and catch the football. Those are three basic qualities that you should automatically have. And then the things that stand out on paper are the 4-2 speed and, you know, the ability to go up and, and, and high point a ball or be able to use your body to position yourself to catch the football. These are things that stand out about wide receivers. But his biggest question mark was the simplest thing for a wide receiver, and that's catching the football. Why waste a first round draft pick? Why even risk that? If at twenty something years old or however old he was, he couldn't catch the football then. What makes you think he's going to do it at the next level? That's a it's it's too risky of a pick. Where that's that's the kind of risk you take on a third or fourth rounder when you've got a guy who's got four two speed, his hands are a little questionable, and you think, well, third fourth round pick, I might be able to work on him, I might be able to you know develop him, but it didn't work out and it hasn't and historically the ravens have been terrible terrible with drafting wide receivers i mean i don't know what your take on that is do you agree with me do you what do you say with oh
1: yeah i i mean outside of tory smith um who was yeah, he was a, a second round wide pick. receiver he was a second round pick but he wasn't like he wasn't your 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 top was he ever a number one wide receiver on the team was he oh no know, no he you know what i mean I, that yeah outside of him he was probably the best draft pick wide receiver that i can recall in recent yeah. history for the ravens um so yeah they, they definitely should uh stay away from those folks and and you know go go trade for one i don't know they seem to do better Taking that method with uh, Steve Smith or, you know, you get an older veteran in here and they seem to do pretty well, Um, but they've never – I've never seen a wide receiver. I can't even think of a wide receiver in the past where, you you know, we talk about big names or, you know, whose jersey are you going to have and it's literally how many can you roll – how many can you call out? Like, seriously, I'm I'm trying to think of them as I'm talking I can't even talk. As I'm talking, and I can't really think of any wide receivers that stick
0: out to me. Right. And, and and it goes back to drafting as a whole. It's 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 with this team, it's not just about wide receivers. Wide receivers obviously is is the the biggest problem with this team as far as their ability to draft. I mean, that's the one that stands out to you the most. But when you go back and you look at the career that Ozzy and Eric have had since coming here, we'll, we'll go down the list real quick. So you'll see the progression and you'll see why they get the respect that they get for what they did in the early part of their careers. But as things have progressed, it's the the, the ability to find those same type of picks has regressed. And that's where, you know, Steve Bashadi's gotta step in and say, all right, we need to evaluate this because what you used to do and what you did for so long, yeah, that can that can only get you by for so long. You know, if, if you can't stay if you can't keep producing at that type of level, well then we need to have a conversation. And that needs to happen with Ozzy and, and Eric. But let's just go down the list. So ninety-six their first year here. They draft two Hall of Famers, Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis. Boom, huge draft right out of the gate. Your first year here, right? Doesn't get much better than that. 97, they come back and and draft a defensive rookie of the year, four-time Pro Bowler, Peter Boulware, guy that kind of didn't really like the spotlight type of thing, but was a a, a perennial Pro Bowler, was a great uh, outside linebacker for us. And he's in the ring of honor at, you know, at Raven stadium, uh, 98, this is one of those questionable draft picks, but it's enough to get you by was Dwayne Starks. He wasn't anything special, never made the pro bowl or anything, but he was an everyday starter played here for, you know, quite a few years, uh, helped us to the, you know, the super bowl that year. So that's one of those borderline picks like, okay, first round, that's really the production that you expect from a second round pick. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll swing that by 99 three time pro bowler, Chris McAllister, boom. Okay. Another great pick that you made. You know, that's, that's what you expect from a first rounder uh, 2000. Now here's where you get diamond and you get dust, you know, they had two picks in 2000. They had the, um the fifth pick and they had the 10th pick and the fifth pick. They took the 2003 offensive player of the year, He was a pro bowler. He had 2,000-yard rushing in a season. Jamal Lewis with the fifth pick, and then you end up fucking up with Travis Taylor in the tenth pick. (laughs) But you know what? Ozzie is Ozzy. We give him that one, get-out-of-jail-free card. He missed on Travis Taylor. Okay, this is still early in his career, and he's done such a good job. We're okay with that. 2001 they get two-time pro bowler Todd Heat probably one of the best or is definitely and I don't want to say probably definitely the best Ravens tight end in history uh another ring of honor guy good draft pick yeah, um, nothing but great things to say about that guy 2002 uh 2004 defensive player of the year eight-time pro bowler future hall of famer Ed Reed Can't, you know that's a that's a huge pick there and that was a later uh later in the first round pick. So that was kind of a steal uh, to get him. Yeah. Uh, So that was huge. So here you are, what six, seven years into the league. And this is, this is where Ozzy has built the majority of his reputation. Now he's this mastermind and everybody's after him and everybody wants our coaching staff and our front office staff. And this is, this is where he's building everything. Uh, 2003, you get Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, six-time Pro Bowler Terrell Suggs with the 10th overall pick. That guy, in my book, will be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Maybe not first ballot, but down the road he will be a Hall of Famer. Um, so so you're you're you know doing well there. But then in that same draft, you draft with the 19th overall pick Kyle Bowler, probably oh. the most detrimental. Uh, bust to our team as far as what it meant for so many years. Because, you know, with a first round quarterback, you really got to commit to them for a couple of years to see how they develop, to see if things change before you give up on them. But to miss and to go into a draft, this guy, Kyle Bowler, completed less than 60% of his passes in college. The big thing about him was they fell in love with his arm. He had the, you know, the ability to throw a deep ball. But You knew going into it that this guy had a low completion percentage in college. What makes you think that that's going to transition to the NFL and be different in the NFL that, you know, somehow he's going to wake up and learn an NFL offense and be able to complete at a higher ratio. Never happened for Kyle Baller, to say the least. 2004, no draft pick 2005, two busts in a row, Mark Clayton. Now, some people might say, well, he wasn't a total bust. He played, yeah, but again, his production was more of a second or third round type player, not a first round player. Um, so in my mind, especially with the picks that came after him later in that draft, he is absolutely a bust. So now you've had back-to-back bust. 2006, you you come out and you you, you hit one over the fence with six-time Pro Bowler and Haloti Dinata. So, now you're back in, you know, God's graces. You've done good. you made a great, you know, pick with Elodinata. Uh, 2007, you've got Pro Bowler. He was, I think, Pro Bowler once, uh, Ben Grubbs. He's another guy that came in, was a great, you know, everyday starter and all that stuff. We just couldn't financially afford to keep him around for too long. But, uh, was a good draft pick, just, you know. Sad to see him go so early in his career. Just couldn't afford him. Um, But then here is where the ship starts to veer. And this is where things start to go off of reputation versus what he's currently done. So 2008, you draft Joe Flacco, which I'm not going to say is a bust at all. He's a Super Bowl MVP. It was the rookie of the year. And I think with the right tools around... Flacco, he was worthy of a first-round pick. You know, there's a lot of people that didn't have a first-round grade on Flacco, but the Ravens saw something in him, and and, and he's done okay. So we'll give him a pass on, on Joe Flacco. 2009, Michael Orr, bust. Yeah. Uh, you know, that guy, yes, he came out. And he was a starter for us, but because the only reason he was a starter was because we had nobody else to put it at you know, tackle, and you put a first-round pick on him, you damn sure better give him a chance. But that guy couldn't stay without a false start. I mean, he was <laughs> – I, I, I've never seen somebody get so many flags thrown against him.
1: His His number was
0: called – so frequently <laughs> yeah ridiculous. it used to be so frustrating every time you saw a flag on offense you automatically knew it was it was on michael or yeah um so there's a bust 2010 no draft pick 2011 you draft jimmy smith he's a starter he hasn't made a pro bowl or anything but now you're starting to see him flourish a little bit he had some injuries and whatnot you know his first couple years and that thing he's a He's a hit-or-miss kind of player for me. I, you know, there's, there's games where he's a shutdown corner, and then there's games where people expose him. So we're finally starting to see that kind of come together, and pro football focus has him graded as the top cornerback in the league this year. Um, oh, wow. So, ho- so hopefully he can stay on that pace. 2012, no draft pick. 2013, Matt Elam. Who? Right. He's not even in the NFL anymore. He was, uh, you know, terrible. I, 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 there's no other word to, <laughs> to to describe him. He was horrible. There was never anything good about that draft pick. Um, so there you go. Then 2014, he took the obvious pick with C.J. Mosley, two-time Pro Bowler, made the, the Pro Bowl as a rookie. So, yes, he had a good pick there. 2015, another bust, Brashad Perryman. Uh, we don't need to get into that. I've already f- told you about my feelings on Brashad. And then the last two picks have been safe picks. You know, 2016, they drafted Ronnie Stanley. You better not miss when you have the sixth overall pick in the draft. And, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley sitting there. So I can see him being the left tackle of the future. That's a, that's a good pick. And then last year, of course, Marlon Humphrey. Looks solid so far, but too early to really – grayed out how that's going to work out he hasn't played enough but he does look pretty pretty good so the last seven eight nine years have been just okay at best but like I said with a first round pick you you damn sure it's it's okay to miss but your misses better be still everyday starters you know, it's 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 not expected of you to be able to draft a Hall of Famer and a Pro Bowler every single first round draft pick that you have. But you you if you've got one of the top thirty two picks in that draft, they better at least be able to be everyday starters. And there's just been way too many busts um, this last you know decade um, or a little less than a decade. But uh, it just goes to show where Ozzie has really garnished this 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 clout about himself for being this, you know, this wizard for what he did in in the first half of the Ravens being here, but the second half so far has been lackluster and that is, it starts with ownership. I I mean, Steve's got to step in, look at that and say we need to make a decision. We need to make some changes. Things need to happen because we can't keep drafting like this. Hey, man. I mean, do you agree?
1: Well, I agree. There's been a lot of misses, a lot of mistakes. Um, You know, it's frustrating. If you go just outside of the first round, and some of those years we didn't even have a first round, you go into the second round, you know, you got a couple misses there too.
2: Oh, yeah, no, no, um, no. That's that's why
1: so, I said I, I'm just um,
0: focusing on first round. You, Christ, I'd be You can kind of –
1: You can yeah, you can kind of paint the picture. Uh, It could it could be a lot worse because you can get into Sergio Kendall and and different things, right? Um, But you know, there's some great late round picks that you know panned out as well. Um, Yeah, I I think just going into this season in general with the way things are panning out, yeah, I I think it's a problem. Um, Among other things, I think like you said, you got to kind of I like to see. Let's clean house, like I said. But I also don't want to just put anybody in there to do that. I, I, you know, if you can find somebody that's better than Ozzy, I'm okay with that. But I, I don't say just do it to do it. Like, hey, bring in someone fresh. Um, who's the other guy behind Ozzy? Um,
0: Eric Acosta.
1: Eric Acosta. You know, do you, do you give him more control? But as far as I understand, they're both, you know, that's equals. A, equals as far as I understand it um I don't know I I want to be frustrated with it like you but I start to think about it and I look at some other teams and I look at our history and we haven't even been around that long I mean what are you going back 20 years just over 20 years we could be the Browns you know we could be a lot worse oh no
0: no listen I'm not saying that by any means that we we obviously have had It's been a blessing having Ozzy here. I mean, for that first decade, it really was. And I'm not saying completely throw in the towel on this guy, but do your homework. I don't know enough about what goes on behind the scenes to say that all this is on Ozzy or all this is on Eric. I don't know how much Eric has... like you said, are are they equals? You know, who's making the final decisions, that type of thing is Ozzy trumping Eric a lot. Because if that's the case, if Ozzy's trumping Eric's picks a lot, well then maybe it is time to let Ozzy go and promote Eric and, and, and give him the reins because you've obviously paid him the same thing that any other GM would make to keep him from going to other teams. He's had offers, uh, countless times from other teams to be able to go over to them. And he's decided to stay here because the Ravens matched their offers and he is the heir apparent to Ozzie Newsome. That's kind of the, you know, the underlying, uh, you know, decision that they made is that he's the heir apparent, but well, when's that happen? When's enough enough with Ozzie? And maybe, maybe that's, that's, that's,
1: you see at at the end of the season, because it's going the way it is, but right I don't know, Fred. I mean, not, You'd have to go back. Show me a team that's done better on draft picks. Okay. Um it, I don't know that you could. Uh it, or maybe it's really easy. I have no clue. I'm I'm going to have to really now that we're doing this podcast, I'm really going to have to pay attention to draft day and, and and see what's what actually goes down or what's said cuz a lot of times they look at some of these teams passed and pulled up. I, you know, there's a there's certain positions I think we've done like you talked about wide receiver. We've just been horrible at. There's right. not anybody on any of those um, draft boards or you know those draft picks that were made that that even seem worth a draft pick at the time outside of like I said, I think Torrey Smith was pretty good. Um, you got what you got right. with them,
0: um, but he was worth a second round pick.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I'm trying to take it easy on them. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice tonight and not get into them. I'll let you you bring the fire, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's 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 frustrating, you know. You you yeah, absolutely. We're I guess we're spoiled as Ravens fans, you know, because for the majority of the time that they've been here, they've been a a pretty good football team, and when you see you know it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big financial investment that you make in a first round draft pick so there's a lot of yeah. reason behind why you need to get that pick right you don't want to waste that kind of money you don't want to waste that pick on somebody who's going to be a complete bust i mean like i said there's there's now cards for ahead. everybody to miss and not be an everyday starter, or maybe even be a backup, that type of thing. That happens across the league with with all teams, but it's like they either hit hit it to the moon or they can't hit it in front of home plate. There's no in between. You understand what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. and and well, you know, like you said, when you look at it, you know, from from other teams' perspectives, would you rather have? a GM that hits it out of the park or can't hit it past home plate and have that risk of either boom or bust, or would you rather have a GM in there who consistently finds starters and consistently finds, you know, pro bowlers and stuff like that every year doesn't, doesn't ever miss as far as hitting it in front of the plate, but consistently finds good players, not, maybe not great hall of famers, but good players so that's, that's where you have to, as an organization, evaluate what it is, what direction do you want to go in? Because with first-round picks, they're just too valuable to miss that badly on, in my opinion. And more often it? than not, lately, he's missed more than he's hit to the moon, like he started his career.
1: You know, I know it's a first-round pick, but some of these misses are are late-round picks. I mean, Matt Elam, 32, uh, overall pick. Um, Rashad Perryman, 26. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like you said. Uh, Jimmy Smith was 27. That was okay. Uh, Sergio Kendall, that was second round. Michael Orr, 23rd. So it seems to me like you get into the 20s or, or later. They've really. That's when they really. You know, screw the pooch, but yeah,
0: and and, and but like I said, I mean,
1: I, I, it, and it's like I, you said. Sometimes when you get a six round, when you get a six overall pick, you know, you basically you, you it's it's a hard miss. I guess you better
0: not miss unless you're the Browns, <laughs> and and that's why the Browns have gone <laughs> through so many freaking quarterbacks and so many GMs is because the Browns are the Browns. They just can't get yeah. shit right. But like you said, I mean, when you're when you're down in the twenties and below your chances of drafting a Hall of Famer are pretty small because you're down in the 20s, unless somebody else, 20 other teams, missed big. But you should still, with the 20th or 30th pick out of 300 college prospects, you should be able to find, at the very minimum, a perennial starter. At the very minimum with the 20th or 30th overall pick. What the fuck are you doing at these combines? What are you doing with your – You're paying all these scouts to go to these college games and scout these players. What are they doing? If you can't find one of the 20th best players in that draft without it being a complete bust, something's wrong.
1: Well, I mean, that's if you're looking at – I get your argument. I mean, it's frustrating, first-round pick. I mean, that's why you watch the draft, like, hey, who are we going to get? And you're thinking this is the future, you know? Right. And But I just – way I look at it is you got plenty of makeup picks later on in some of these drafts, you know, second and third rounders that, that panned out to be more than we ever thought they could be. And that's kind of how I got to look at it uh, as a, you know, just be a little bit more optimistic. Like, hey, for every uh, Michael Orr, there's a um, – you know, Marshall Yonda or something or Brandon Williams out there. It's so, you know, not necessarily a first round pick but a second or a third round pick that really panned out.
0: I, yeah. And, and I, and I commend but, them for being able to do that. You know, that's but
1: yeah. If, if you look at just strictly first round, yeah, it's not, not the best. I no, mean, we haven't drafted a lot of quarterbacks. Thank God. Cause like you talk about the Browns or some of yeah. these other teams that, that, constantly need that position um you know just be thankful for that like because <laughs> those seem to be, you talk about a first round pick needing to pan out you know you got these teams that trade up and they go after these first or second um overall picks and they're boss right so well just think though worse.
0: three three years before we drafted flacco we could have had aaron Rodgers, and we picked mark clayton just remember that
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's not not a good trade-off no for us
0: but uh anyway you
1: good on that man you feel better
0: i feel better now that i got that out that's uh that's something that's just been bothering me and
1: overall you put put your poll out on facebook what in your mind what is your your biggest bust for the ravens Well,
0: see that the reason for that uh that poll wasn't about really finding out who people think is the biggest bust. It was just to put it out there to open people's eyes to how many first-round busts have been out there. I could have added a few more to it. I wanted to keep it to four. So, you know, people were voting <laughs> on Bowler or voting on – I think Bowler, like one of the guys said in there, and I agreed with him, is 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 the most detrimental to the team because it's a quarterback. And anytime yeah. you draft a quarterback – with that high of a pick, I want to say he was 19th overall that year. That's you're drafting that guy to be your franchise quarterback. And so
1: you're basing the franchise around that pick and you're kind of running that pick right in the ground until it's you're stuck with it for a while and you're just hurting. And that's all, what that was the, the demise of <laughs> Yeah.
0: That was the demise of of Brian Billick was, you know, Brian Billick was ultimately the one who saw something in Kyle Bowler. And he was the one who pushed for the team to draft Kyle Bowler. And yeah. he had to stand by that pick, and eventually that's ultimately what cost him the job. Luckily enough, the front office was smart enough to bring in Trent Dilfer as a backup, so we got one Super Bowl through that you know whole period of time. But f- just think, I mean, if we'd have had – a little bit better of a quarterback through those dominant years of what that defense was, how many more Super Bowls we would have won, you know, because so many years we were in contention, but we just didn't have that, that quarterback or that offense, offense that could get yet. us over the top. And, you and know, they didn't but bring I said,
1: back, And it was just like, what the hell? I don't know.
0: Right. <laughs> right, exactly. It just it didn't make any sense. Day, you're but, like,
1: why didn't you bring that guy back? Because he was right. able to do just enough, and it's like, all right, yeah. whatever.
0: With that but, defense, that's uh, all you needed. But, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Me. So with the with the, I think if to answer your question, I think Kyle Bowler would be the biggest bust, and that's because of the financial investment you make into a first round quarterback. Because quarterbacks get the most money, and then, like you said the commitment that you have to make to that guy over those years to really get him to develop and give him a chance to be the quarterback that that you hope he's going to be, and he just never worked out. So yeah. that would be we're my going answer. Back
1: 2003 on that. That's how yeah. far back you're going. And like you said earlier, Terrell Suggs, same round, first
0: round. Yeah. So that was I mean, uh, Gary. Gary, go! That's that exactly guy, my my point. You hit one out of the freaking park, and you you hit one in front of the home plate. You know, you, yeah. you, <laughs> swinging bunt. Yeah. If you would have hit um, a double with the quarterback, Christ, we'd have <laughs> been a lot happier. So,
1: all right. I mean, we got anything else on the Ravens? I know, poo poo game.
0: Yeah, um, it was a shit game. We lost. Uh,
1: We're heading down that road. Fred and I both, as we said, you know, we figured a loss on that one. Right. Um, I saw you post something about this. This is one of your posts on Facebook. Um, Offensive coordinator position, uh, Gary Kubiak, um, potentially interested in returning to football, and that seems to be what he's interested in, not in a head coach position. He played here for a – or he coached here for a season. And I thought he did great. I thought – that yeah. was a really good year for us and it was just it was one of those things like he went away um he was gone and we we're like shit, you know. <laughs> that was right. good while it lasted. So he left quick last time. Do you think he's willing to look into making a return?
0: Um well, I mean, I would hope that the Ravens do everything that they can to pursue that. Um like you said, I think Joe Flacco on the offense had one of its best years under Kubiak. And I think just based on his exit uh, press conference and some things that he said after the fact of when he left here, he obviously had a really good working relationship with John Harbaugh and, you know, they, they were very complimentary of each other. And at this point in this guy's life, he's obviously got health issues that were, you know, revolve kind of around stress and the heart and that type of thing. I think that's why he doesn't want all that extra responsibility of being a head coach. But being an offensive coordinator is something that always came easy to him. Um, he's he's always been regarded as one of the best offensive coordinators in football. So as much as I'd like to see him come here, uh, he's made it clear that he wants to come back and he wants to come back to a contender. So Uh, do we even consider ourselves contenders at this point? I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all in how he views us. He may say, well, I'm the difference in making them a contender or not. You know, if, if I can get the offense back to what it was, then yeah, this team's absolutely a contender. Um, But the thing is, there's going to be a lot of teams looking to better themselves especially when the offensive coordinator side. So it's going to be a bidding war with this guy. I think you're going to see a handful of teams really trying to ante up and convince him to come there. So yeah, go for it. Go all in on it. I mean, he we, we want him. You need him. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. Just, you know, highest bidder will yeah. probably win. <laughs> I mean, going into, you know, we're already
1: – we're below five hundred, we're four and five, and the Raiders are six and two. So they just came out of the bye week. We're going into the bye week, so we could be three games back after this this Sunday. So Yeah, but you know what's know interesting. That, does that make us a contender? I don't think so, but here here's <laughs> we gotta the thing, play those though. guys again.
0: Here's the thing. If you go back, if you go and look at the schedule from here on out and look at the matchups, not the teams. You got to look at the matchups because there's so many injuries, especially at the quarterback position throughout the league. Yeah,
1: you're probably talking about like Green Bay and.
0: Green Bay, Indianapolis, all those guys. So go yeah. back and look through the schedule. I think personally, we'll be favored to win every single one of our games from here on out, other than the Steelers game. Really? So. Let's just say it works out to be that way. We win every single game from here on out other than the Steelers game. That puts us at 10 and 6. 10 and 6 is in contention for the division and definitely in contention for the wild card. But
1: yeah, look at So like you said, Packers, right, Aaron Rodgers is out. Then we yep. go Texans, Deshaun yep. Watson, he's out. Lions, yep. they might be difficult.
0: Lions um, would be difficult, but I think we'd still be favored to win at home.
1: Then you got the Steelers, the Browns, they've got issues. Yeah. Colts, Andrew Luck's not going to come back. That's, you know, he's on the IR. That's a done deal. Yeah. Bengals, who knows how that could go. Right. Um and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, it could go okay. I think we talked about it before. I <laughs> I'd love to see us make the playoffs but I'd also love to see us not be a one-and-done team. Right. Um, and I'd also – you're talking about draft picks this whole episode. It's like, hey, I'd like to get a decent pick this year if possible, but I also – I really don't believe in throwing the season. So,
0: Yeah, no, I mean, um, I understand. Of course, you, you know, everybody wants that coveted high pick, but the cost that yeah. you have to go through a shit season to get there sucks. But um, that goes back to – to again, the the ability to draft, and you know, Aussies made some some swing and misses even at the top of the draft. I mean, Travis Taylor was a number ten overall pick, and you know, um, Kyle Bowler was you know, I think nineteen or whatever. So,
1: yep, nineteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we can, if we can get a solid pick, then yeah, I, I understand what you're thinking, but I, I honestly, if the offense <laughs> can just take it up a notch just take it up a notch catch the goddamn football um you know then this team's really got a shot but we'll see uh you know there's a lot of things that need to happen there's a lot of changes that need to be made uh with play calling and whatnot so we'll see i mean there's seems to be a lot of optimism around harbaugh and and his you know i know he's supposed to say all the right things but I don't know. Maybe he knows something that we don't know is coming with the offense, some things that they've, they've been working on and some changes that they're going to be making. That's all we can hope for.
1: Tebow time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but let's move on. I want to talk a little bit. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the Orioles. Not much, just a couple of things that um, I wanted to mention. Um, Wellington Castillo declined his $7 million player option. Not really a surprise to me really with that, um, but Look, this this guy put up good stats while he was healthy. He called a decent game, uh, threw out runners at a decent clip. I, I wouldn't mind seeing this guy back. I know a lot of people are high on um, you know the the kid, uh, Chris is, uh Chance Sisko. Chance Sisko, yeah. Um, and I and I am kind of too, but I still think he needs another year at the major league level to develop. Um, and i'm i'm about done honestly with Caleb Joseph. I like the guy, but we've seen the best that we're going to get out of Caleb Joseph and there's no there's no ceiling. He he's already reached his ceiling whereas Chance Cisco has a much higher ceiling and let's get him in, get him to the major league level, get him used to calling a game at this level, but do it in a backup role where you don't have to rely on him as an everyday catcher. Uh, and and bring back Wellington Castillo for a for a two year contract or you know a three year deal or something like that. See if you can work that out because offensively he was definitely an upgrade from Matt Weeters. Oh yeah. Um, defensively, en- I don't injuries, feel like he, he, he... Uh... Good.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say even with the injuries, I I I loved him from yeah. the start. Wellington, I I just thought he changed the whole the whole game for the team, but go ahead. I don't have anything in depth. No, I was just saying
0: like, I I just didn't really see much of a drop off both offensively or defensively. Really? Um, you know, Matt Weeder's wasn't what he once was the last two years. He was here defensively. He, uh, he had those shoulder problems and everything. Yeah. He still threw out at a decent clip, but not like he did when he was first here. So, Um, didn't really see a big drop off there. And for the little bit of money that he cost, he was well worth it. So he's going to probably test free agency and free agency is probably going to get some interest out there. So just depending on how high his price tag goes in, I'd like to see him back personally.
1: Yeah. He really started hitting for power late in season two. So yeah, I mean, that was, he, I don't know how many home runs he hit late, but he got up to 20 quick.
0: Yeah, exactly. And didn't play in very many games. So, no, um, Trey Mancini, my guy, my man crush, uh, he <laughs> yeah. got his nomination for uh, a L rookie of the years, which was well-deserved. Um, look, this guy went from a possible, you know, roster cut, you know, demotion to triple a, and, you know, for, out of spring training, uh, to being a nomination for rookie of the year. So, uh, kudos to, to Mancini and, and getting that at least recognition. I don't think he's going to end up winning the award. He's got some tough competition, uh, especially obviously with Aaron judge, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was good to see an Oriole get, get some recognition for one of those awards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know that he would get in the mix. Cause like you said, Aaron judge, Aaron judge, Aaron judge all season. Right. So they right. pretty much had, had him winning it, um, at the gate, but I'm just happy, like you said, to see him, see his name mentioned, man. I maybe that'll uh, open some some eyes, and I don't know. I think he was pretty consistent throughout the year. Where Aaron, you know Aaron Judge's got that whole uh, Chris Davis thing going for him, where he's got all these home runs, but right, how many how many Boomer strikeouts bust. did he had? Like he's like breaking records in postseason for strikeouts. So um we'll see. Right, I don't think. Postseason gets into the mix with the votes, but no, I don't know. But I I agree with
0: you. I think him and uh, Tommy Mancini, Mancini and uh, Scope were the two most consistent players on this team um, throughout this year. I mean, there really wasn't too many lulls with those guys. Like you know, they might have a two or three game slide where they struggle, but then they bounce right back. No long skids at all. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for him and his future here. And I'm excited for some of the other young guys to come up. You know, we saw at the end of the year Austin Hayes. I think he's going to you know play a big contribution in the future, and be interesting to see in the off season what uh, what kind of conversations uh, Buck and Duquette have with Adam Jones about possibly moving uh, to a corner slot. You know, he's still got a great arm. Um, I just you know I think age is catching up a little bit to him as far as speed goes, and. Look, he he still played a hell of a center field. You know, he played a great center field great center field for uh team USA, obviously made some spectacular catches in the uh in that. And um uh, but I just think over a hundred and sixty two game season, you know, it it kinda wears on him and he slows down a little bit, so um Austin Hayes, I think is the center fielder of the future him. And there's still Cedric Mullins down in the minors. Who's also, um, you know, a potential call up later in the year, which, you know, hopefully we'll see him is, uh, he's got a lot of, uh, the tools that you want from a leadoff hitter. You know, he's got speed. He, uh, doesn't strike out much. He gets on base. He works the count, like all the things that you want from a, from a, a true leadoff hitter. He has. So, uh, i'd like yeah. to I'd like to see the young guys get a chance this year
1: um also saw uh you know the Orioles did decline the options for Hardy and uh Wade Miley, which I don't think anybody's upset over uh Hardy he's been around a while, so you're gonna miss him but yeah, Wade but Miley, I think was a bit of a bust
0: i wouldn't I wouldn't rule out him coming back on a backup in a backup role. Like I, I, I can't see any teams out there signing him as an everyday shortstop. I mean, I, I he's just declined too much offensively for him to be an everyday shortstop. And yep. he's one of Buck's guys, you know, Buck loves JJ and, and JJ likes being here. He likes being in the clubhouse. He loves all the guys here. I could see him coming back in a backup role and, you know, just being like one of those player coach type things. And, you know, he's got a lot of experience and he could help, I think, Tim Beckham de- develop more into a, a more solid defensive shortstop. Um, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I love Hardy to yeah. death. If he if he gets an opportunity to be a first, you know, a, a, a starter somewhere else, by all means, go for it. Um, but I just don't see that happening for him. But in some sad news, uh, Roy Doc Holliday uh, passed away on Tuesday. He was 40 years old. He had recently bought an airplane less than a month ago, and I don't know if you've checked out his Twitter feed, but this guy, I mean, loved this plane. He had you know pictures of it, he had pictures from it. I mean, he had he had been flying this thing around quite a bit uh, these last few weeks, uh, but he ended up crashing that into the, in the Gulf of Mexico and passing away uh, on Tuesday. 40. Yeah. 40 years old, man. He was, uh, he was one of only six pitchers in history to ever win Cy Young's in both leagues, the AL and the NL. That's uh, a pretty amazing accomplishment. And the year he threw a perfect game uh, with the Phillies. He also threw a no-hitter in the postseason that year for the Phillies. Um, one of, one of the, the best pitchers that I've ever witnessed and I've ever gone and watched. And
1: I know he was like – he always seemed to be throwing a complete game.
0: Yeah, like, always.
1: Always like went. Just nonstop.
0: Yeah, and I can remember – a lot of classic battles between him and Messina, you know, back in the day when Messina was here and, um, just, and everything that you hear about this guy was that he was a really class act. Um, you know, he, he was one of the guys that stayed until the media had all the questions that it needed to ask and got out the way and all that stuff and stayed extra to talk to fans and sign on, just, just seemed like a really classy guy, uh, but unfortunately, he's gone now. At the, uh, the like I said, at the age of forty, it's a sad ordeal, yep. yes, sir. But uh, all right, well let's we're we're a little over an hour into this thing already. So let's get into our predictions for the week. Obviously, there's there's nothing we need to talk about with the Ravens with them being on the bye week. Uh, but we have tomorrow night's game, which is Seattle and Arizona. Arizona is relying a lot on an old running back in Adrian Peterson as their workhorse now that Carson Palmer's down. Um, Seattle's been playing better of late. Uh, they seem to be going in the right direction. They had a shootout with Houston the other week, which was an entertaining game to watch. Uh, I see Seattle winning this game in Arizona 23-19. to
1: All right, I'm, I'm pretty close. Uh, I also have Seattle winning this. I like the the look that uh, Russell Wilson's had recently, and uh, yeah, I I got Seattle twenty eight fourteen.
0: Okay, all right. Just, takes just us not into... seeing enough out of Arizona. What's that?
1: Uh just not seeing enough out of Arizona to, to think they'll even win. Yeah. That, so
0: they can't do much offensively other than, like I said, rely on a on a pretty old running back. And I just against that defense, I don't see that working out very well. So. Um sunny night that takes us to Denver with uh New England squaring off against the uh the Broncos. Patriots are starting to hit their stride, you know, both offensively and defensively. I know defensively they were a question mark in the beginning of the year, uh but they're they're playing well now on both sides of the football and the Broncos are going in the opposite direction. The wheels are falling off in Denver. Who just
1: They just got destroyed by the the Eagles, right? Yeah. Was that the Eagles? Yeah, Yeah, the Eagles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. uh, (laughs) It's like a 70-some point game. It was ridiculous. Yeah, their last
0: three games have been awful. Um, And now I think they're going to end up relying on um, either Brock Osweiler or um, uh, not Simeon, the other guy, uh, Paxton Lynch. So (laughs) I don't see this team – Making any uh, positive strides, and I see this being a blowout. I think the Patriots win this, thirty-eight to six.
1: All right, I got uh, Patriots as well, thirty-one
0: to twenty. Oh wow, so you're know, a little bit closer than I do. Okay, uh, and that finishes up Monday night, uh, Miami versus Carolina. Uh, Miami playing a third straight primetime game. They got Cutler back last week, and he played pretty well. Um, another kind of, you know, when his back was against the wall, started putting up some stats. But uh, you know that he doesn't turn over the football very much. You know, he's a, he's a pretty accurate passer, or at least he has been in these past couple of games. But you know, without a without a running game now that they got rid of Jay Ajayi, um, I think they're going to struggle against the Panthers. And uh, I see the Panthers winning this 27-19.
1: All right. I got uh, also – I have Carolina winning this one. Um, Pretty close game, though. Um, Calvin Benjamin's gone. Uh, Cam Newton seems to be relying a lot on uh, his own run game. Um, It's got a ridiculous amount of yards for QB. Um, So Miami has a – what I think they got a decent – defense against the run so i got a 21 18 win for carolina okay i don't know Uh, we'll see we'll see i think it'll be a tight game
0: all right and i guess that leaves us with uh the infamous two minute warning uh which i will partake in this week ryan do you have a uh timer available so we can keep me in check here because i've got a lot of things i'm going to go through so let me right. roll on well, this one. I don't have uh, time right. to breathe on this. So two whenever, I, Whenever you're ready.
1: I'm ready. Three, two, one.
0: All right, so this week, the Vikings activated Teddy Bridgewater to the 53-man roster and will make him available as Case Keenum's backup. They also placed Sam Bradford on injured reserve on his 30th birthday, nonetheless. Uh, Bradford and Bridgewater's contracts are up at the end of the year, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of decision the Vikings make moving forward with them. Uh, Josh Gordon being reinstated by the NFL and heading back to the Browns. Gordon admitted in an interview to being either high or having alcohol in his system for every NFL game he's played. It's unbelievable how productive he was as a player in that state, but I can only imagine how well he might play sober. Uh, Leonard Fournette, the rookie running back for the Jaguars, who leads the league in rushing yards, was suspended last week for not showing up for team photos. I could understand suspending for a quarter or maybe a half, but an entire game, I think there's more to the story than just the team photos that we don't know about. We'll see if there's any updates there. Uh, Rumors out of New York has the Giants possibly preparing to draft Eli Manning's replacement in next year's NFL draft. At 1-7, and I think it makes sense. You'll have a great slot to pick from, and consider a year or two behind Eli would be a smart move, in my opinion. Uh, Leangelo Ball, brother of La- uh, La- yeah Lonzo, was arrested with two other <laughs> teammates in <Lasagna> China. Ball. <laughs> he was arrested in China for shoplifting from a Louis Vuitton store next to their team hotel. They're still being held in the hotel while the situation's being further investigated. His father, LeVar, said to a reporter, "It's not a big deal." Uh, well, considering this happened in China, LeVar, this could be a very big deal. <laughs> and lastly, Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, said to Tony Dungy at a Peyton Manning retirement party that Andrew Luck's injury is in his head. Pretty shitty comment to make about your franchise quarterback. Got that all in, man. I, I had a lot this week to, to to fit in there, so I didn't think I'd get it all, but I got it all in there. But all right, man, off, that's... But... uh. That's a wrap on this week. You got anything uh, left for these guys?
1: Nope. Not, not at all. Nothing. <laughs> yep. All right, man. Well, <laughs>
0: sorry. That's all right. I just making sure that uh, everything was, was cleared. Uh, all the right. Ravens well,
1: are not playing good. We don't have baseball anymore. I mean, we didn't even talk about Maryland. We haven't talked about hockey or basketball. There's just,
0: well, next I week's mean, the bye know. week, so we're gonna have some time to fill in. So we'll uh, we'll expand a little bit on some basketball and hockey and yeah. uh, Maryland next week. Uh, but for now, as always, uh, look with Facebook, it's it's important for us, and we and we really want to get our name out there. So. If you could do us a, a favor, and maybe any kind of post that you see from us, share it. You know, talk about it with your friends, that type of thing. That that's the kind of stuff that helps us get our name out there. Same thing with on Twitter. If you you know if you want to retweet our post, that'd be great. Uh, really trying to expand this thing and 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 do bigger things in the future, and we can't do that without uh, without the audience. So. Uh, we appreciate uh, the interactions that we've had uh, this week on, on the post, so continue that. We we, we, we love that. And uh, check us out again, www.birdlandbs.com. And that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Fred. And I'm Ryan. See you guys.